Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I came to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. Welcome back. It's been a while since we've been on Cultaholic Island for Desert Island Grabs. This is where we ask the great and the good of the wrestling world and beyond. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? Now, joining us on said island today, a man whose voice and whose band have been iconic parts of WWE in the modern era and beyond there as well. Uh, the Miz, Zack Ryder, Dolph Ziggler, Alex Riley, Cody Rhodes, all united by one thing. And it's not somebody's weird custom faction on WWE 2K23. No! It's their theme music, conceptualized, created, crowd carried by the force that is downstate. The front man, Zachary Call, joins me now. Welcome to Cultaholic Island, Zachary. What's happening, man? Very, very happy to be on today. Now, uh, away from music, I want to give uh, a bit of love to Bishop Lewis. Let's go! Let's go, Knights <laughs> of the Knights! Uh, it was a good weekend. Beating Carol Varsity. Uh, oh, now, yeah. Have you written walkout music for the night yet or not? Um, so they use... So I don't like to, when I'm doing my coaching, tell the boys what I've done outside of why I'm there, which is coaching. Like, hey, trust my knowledge of the game and I'll get you there for what I know. And then eventually when they start looking up whatever I got, they, they come across what I do. They use I Came to Play often when we're in the uh, in the gym. Um, and it's funny enough, we were playing Columbia City, which means nothing to you guys. Um, but we were playing them Friday night, and in their fifth inning, they just use I came to play, not, unaware that I was going to be coaching on that field that that night. So the boys were down five runs, 
and it should be like the spirits were down a little bit and i came to play comes on and they go absolutely ape shit going out to the diamond and my coaches don't really know my other my co-coaches don't really know what um the boys are yelling about i'm like oh i'm i'm the one singing this song right now now they're going ape shit they're like this fucking you guys are like famous yeah we got we have our moments in the wrestling world we're huge Mate, that's amazing. And it shows you what an impact that your music has made without, you know, the fact that so many iconic theme tunes have been created by yourself. I think everybody kind of goes, oh, they did Cody's music. But no, you go so much deeper and we're going to dig into it a little bit. But one more thought on the Lewis uh, before we move on to them, because I know that, that coaching them is, is is a massive part of your life. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, and you're a baseball guy. Uh, if Bishop Lewis were a wrestler, who would they be? Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, so they... They're going to be a technical guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they have thick history, uh, many state championships in all three major sports. Uh, I'm not sure how. Um, I'm going to go because we're so fundamentally sound and we also got a little bit of brashness to us. I'm going to go Ric Flair. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to go Ric Flair. They're all going to expect custom suits and, and a limo. <laughs> to the next game they 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 back it up man and we we pride ourselves in being so fundamentally sound in every sport that we do and then the guy i mean they talk a little shit while they do it they really do man (laughs) my shoes cost more than your house just just bat just bat what are we doing we're here to talk wrestling uh, with uh, the art of the theme music and, of course, your, your amazing story through it as well. There's no story in the world of wrestling quite like Zach, so I'm excited to get into it. But we're also here uh, to choose three wrestling matches for you to watch while stranded on a desert island. What would you like? We're going to go through them one by one by one as the interview goes on. But what would you like match number one to be, Zach? Okay, so I'm going to go super common pick here. Um, I don't know if this is common knowledge here, but I trained down in OVW uh, underneath uh, Al Snow for a while. And he sits just sits us down and he, you watch two matches. You watch Steamboat Macho at uh, Mania 3 and you watch Hogan Rock at uh, 18. And he goes, which one's better? And he gives a class on why they're both great for wrestling and you know you have to make your own answer it's like you're a student of the game there my answer forever and always is rock and hogan like you it's one of those things and you've heard it a million times in the wrestling world if you turn the sound down it's a terrible match it's it's a fine <laughs> it's a fine match it's it's an old hogan and a prime rock that's carrying it a lot of the way but just watching it from knowing what I learned down in OVW and just being a fan and getting it a little bit or thinking that I get it a little bit, watching them audible to go to to switch who's baby, who's heel. And then also just watching truly two of the greatest of all time, stop, slow down in front of 60,000 people, slow down, pause and have, just let the crowd be involved and let it be just this great theater thing. So rock Hogan, for me, I can watch that match. If I really want to just get the hairs, right. want to get chills, goosebumps. I put that on. And by the end of the, if it's just on in the background, by the end of it, I'm watching the whole thing just because the crowd draws you in. Can you remember where you were when you first watched it? So wasn't watching at the time when the invasion angle happened. Um, I was in fifth grade 
Um, parents were not big fans of us watching wrestling. We had to sneak it and watch it with a lot volume really, really low. I was a big WCW guy as well. So like during the tail end when they were getting to be really shit, like it was tough. I still, I was big WWF guy as well, but like when I, when we lost WCW, I felt like we lost some pure wrestling. Cause you drifted was... out during the invasion, didn't you? Is that, was that a bit like seeing your ex with, with a really horrible looking yeah, person? A little bit and, <laughs> and not knowing the business yet and being young, it was like, all oh, my guys are getting beat. Like Booker T was one of my guys and he comes in and like, he's got this great thing he's doing with Stone Cold. It was so incredible. However, it's just like, but he's, he's losing. And he just got to the mountaintop in WCW at the very end. And now he's all the way back down to being low mid card dude right after the stone cold thing he came in hot and then it just felt like all oh my dude i was a big ddp guy and th that was shit i hated that and slowly there into it i was just like i think i'm i'm gonna take a break from this and plus i was getting into like girls and i was really into my sports and stuff and and not it's like I wasn't strong enough with my self-esteem to be like, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. In middle school, that was definitely a, my bad situation. Not until I got back into high school. I was like, no, I love wrestling. This is, this is awesome. So it was about from Oh one to Oh four Oh five. I stopped watching around 18 and came back in and 22 and I haven't, I haven't skipped a beat. So coming back into it and you're revisiting rock Hogan uh, with Al snow there. And what are some of the things that, all these years on you took away from it and and incorporated yourself in in your time in the wrestling world that would the simplest thing was to slow down because mm -hmm. i was in there i got to ovw when i was 27 and i was with either guys that just got done playing college sports uh or 18 year olds it was kind of like a, a military thing, honestly. So everybody gets in there and they want to show off how athletic they are. I was a good athlete as well. Um, a baseball guy, a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball. Um, but I got in there and the first thing you want to do is show everybody how sound you are and how fast and powerful you are. And the, it's literally like the last thing you really want to do. Um, so the main, main thing that I took away from it was listen, slow down and listen. So had wrestling uh, and music not come along for you, what do you think you would have gone on to do? You mentioned being a baseball guy. Uh, would that have been a possible career? Um, career? No, um, but it would have gotten me. I had an option to go play ball or sign with Universal Records. I was pretty, pretty blessed. Um, I was getting into just part. I'm going to say partying, but it was just drinking. Um right when we were the band was starting to to you know blow up a little bit um when i was 18 senior year of high school so it's kind of getting away from my first love which is baseball um but it, it was a really simple decision when um i saw a tour bus right after we signed with universal i was like yeah, this is what i want to do 23 24 year old me um was like man i really wish i played you know, college ball, but that ship had sailed by that time. And once you get out of the technique there and I really didn't want to work anymore because it came, became kind of a job. Um, once I got out of the, of the pattern, out of the grind, I was so far behind these kids that were not really as good as me, but it was just like, yeah, I'm good on this. The, the band's doing well. 
we had our MTV uh, theme song for Bully Beatdown, and then we got The Miz in 2009, six months after I graduated. So I'm like, it was the right move. So moving into like the, the, the away from the the baseball world, you're moving into music, and and you've and you've st- struck up a, a relationship with the Miz, and the Miz is I think everybody kind of associates you guys with Cody uh, for obvious reasons, um, but the, the Miz was one of those was as you said one of the first people that kind of gave you a, a hand into into that side of the industry, weren't they? Wasn't he? Oh man, and I don't think that we ever give gave him enough love, and I don't want to, you know pull back the curtain too much here Oz but like dude these guys that we work with are and Miz being you know he's a shit heel on camera and he's amazing at it he should be on people's Mount Rushmore's for how good of a heel he is um that dude is the nicest dude in the world and (laughs) has treated us the best man that dude goes out of his way to put us over whenever whenever a music conversation goes up the Miz since 20 or 2009 has name dropped us on everything he's still listening to us whether he is or not he always plugs us man that dude forever and we got to meet him when he was on that uh we've met him a few times but we got to meet him on his run up to rock cena that triple threat at 27 i believe and on top of the world and we're hanging out with the the top guy and it was it was just unreal but yeah um i have nothing but praise for every single person that we've ever worked for man they they're just the the nicest sweetest dudes in the world so when it came to meeting up with the miz uh how did it go from hello miz nice to meet you were downstate to i came to play uh, a theme a piece of theme music that is that is iconically connected with the modern era of wrestling so how did how did how did that come to pass then that miz so this, got you in so jim johnson wrote that and had this pretty basic layout of of a song we had done bully beatdown and had that running for um a season and it got picked back up the theme song for bully beatdown it got picked back up for another season and wwe had reached out and we had we had always talked to our producer and told him how big of fans we were and i had always one of my bucket list was just doing a song for wwe i always wanted to do an entrance song whenever i was wrestling in my front yard i was making my own music like i always wanted to at least for me half of the bucket list was having my own singing myself out to the ring but like a good consolation prize was doing it for somebody else Jim had got a hold of us after he heard the Bully Beatdown song, which is kind of like a, a rap rocky thing. Got a hold of us and he sent us over the skeleton of the song. And it's really goofy to hear Jim sing some of this stuff. It's just really bad at times, but he's he's a genius. He's incredible. So he sends over this song um, and he gives us ideas of what he wants it to sound like. And that's when we got to get creative on it. Cause I'm sure he sent that out as like not spam, but he sent it out to a few bands to see who would hit on it. Um, We went down to Florida. We recorded it. Um, I have to give all the credit to my brother on uh, the, the extra, any of the piano stuff, any of the synth stuff, my brother wrote all that. And uh like tone of our guitars and stuff like that he really laid in on that project and made it into a downstate song more or less and then we sent it back and um funny story first time we meet miz um some of the new new call-ups were backstage walking by in uh indianapolis backstage when we're talking to him and i'm like man that that's kofi i'm a big fan of him 
I've watched him on his ECW run up and he goes, uh, funny you say that we ride together. He's the one when we were listening to the different versions of I came to play that said that one. So yeah, Kofi Kingston was the like, Hey, use this version. This is the one right here. So Kofi's got your back too. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I love that. I also love the fact that there is a Jim Johnson version of I came to play that exists somewhere in the, in the ether. Cause I'm, I've uh, Jim is I've, I'm a rest. I've been a wrestling fan since like the eighties and Jim, his music is iconic, but there's these little stories you hear about Jim and, and there's, and, and that sort of wonderful eccentricity that comes to being uh, a musician, which I'm sure you will agree right, to. Right, right. Um, like the, the SmackDown theme. Uh, when I, when I grew up watching SmackDown in 1999, <laughs> I was always like, what are the lyrics? What is he everybody saying? on the ground? <laughs> and then to come to find out years later, oh, it's just bollocks. He was just <laughs> making noises. Oh, okay. I've been trying to dissect this bastard for years. There's nothing to it. I love it. I like the fact that maybe in part of my head, now you've said that though, Zach, I think maybe he just sent out a demo to people. People didn't get back. So he went, I'll just use that one. <laughs> I guarantee that's what happened, man. <laughs> they, they... Does he sing it in that style on the middle? No, so he's like really nasally in the back. I came to play. That's how it sounds whenever oh. he sends over these demos. I feel like he's, like a choir boy oh a little <laughs> like bit it's, it's really really high pitch uh and like not a lot of effort and he doesn't care really about his tone or <laughs> as long as he's kind of <laughs> in the key he's got like this really scratch guitars that are fine but um i specifically remember his version of that and um i did broken dreams as well before shaman ha- shaman's harvest landed it and jim sent me over his demo and like god bless him i went to my brother right after we heard it and i'm like this this is terrible right (laughs) oh we need an album of all the jim johnson versions of songs he's done he knows it's it's so good that he reaches out the way that he does because he knows where he wants it to be and he and when you get him on the phone after you start you know performing it in his in his eyes he knows where he wants it to go and that's why he picks the people that he does but yeah, I don't want to bash him too much because he got us a lot of work early. And uh, oh no, no, oh no, it, it's all with love. If Jim, it's all with oh, love. Yeah, My sure. God, nobody ever. They'll they'll never be another. Like he's he's made iconic music, and I and I oh, love the fact sure. that you guys have got to work with him. Considering one of the first times you spoke to him, you told him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so it was for, it was for Drew. Uh, so. I party. It's a great um, story. I know you've told I, it before. It's a great story. Yep. I party hard. I'm living, um, the band's living in one house at the time. And I had just come off of uh, a New Year's, maybe continued New Year's Day um, drinking with, with my good buddies and some of my family. So I stayed up till a good six in the morning, woke up at 10, ate some breakfast and just got right back to it. I pass out on the first at, you know, eight or nine. And then I get a call from connecticut at i don't know not that early in the morning from uh and i'm just asked out hungovers can be and i go yeah i'm ahead in the pillow hey this is uh jim johnson from wwe and i just go fuck off <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and i hung up luckily the band lives in the house justin gets a call that my brother gets a call he's like hey man uh and he's knocking I'm like yeah what the fuck do you want man i'm hungover and uh, he just goes, hey, Jim Johnson's on the phone. 
like wow. pick up. Oh shit. God love Jim, who anyone else, had they not been as cool as you guys and they're not been as keen to work with as you guys, Jim would have gone, Jim would have left that, but Jim went, You tell me to fuck off. I'll try his brother. <laughs> That's so good. Luckily, we had a couple under our belt at that point too, so it wasn't super weird. But That's yeah, right. he, he called. I apologize, and he goes, uh, he he all the way just was giggling about it, man. It's like there's no way Jim Johnson's calling me right now. <laughs> Worked with uh, this guy for two years and, and never got a phone call, or it's always a, uh, uh what are they called? Like a uh, where the. Uh, conference call more or less is what we always do so it's it's just some corporate thing usually but yeah that was too funny man amazing maybe a jim johnson cut will be used in our second match let's Let's find out what's your second one gonna be sir okay so um i had a little bit of a toss-up on this one and i don't think that he he wrote wrote this one i was such a big jeff hardy guy such a big jeff hardy guy his early runs were when i was a kid and i super bought into everything he sells so well you always the underdog story works in every match because he's he's just not the biggest dude um and then you know he went through his struggles when he came back and then had the little blip hiccup before he really got into the main event i was like yeah it's over i can't get behind him and then he did this big run up to armageddon 2008 08 or 09 the triple threat with him triple h and edge it's the first time I was 19 years old. It's the first time that I popped like I was a kid again. When they started the setup, I stood up watching it at home and just, he's going to win. Like I started, I just turned into a little kid again. Cause I, you know, you see, we've seen a thousand matches. You know how they're going to turn out most of the time. And you can see, oh, that's a cool setup they're going through. Mm-hmm. He gets sacked in the, in the corner. Triple H hits the pedigree and he's getting up while he hits the pedigree, comes off, hits a swanton, one, two, three, and wins his first world title. I popped, maybe cried a little bit. Like I went nuts for that win. So that one holds a special place. On top of it, being a fantastic match with three of the greatest workers of our generation. So good. Like the 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 chemistry those three had was phenomenal. And and Jeff Hardy's rise was was one that was incredible to watch. And when it finally happened, I think we were all there with you, Zach. Just an an amazing bit of business that finally happened. So when that match was going down, so uh, at this point you'd obviously written music and you you were in the mix there, I believe, with WWE. Had we you, no, we, we had not yet. We had gotten bully beat down. Apologies. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. So you were, so you were, but, and so where were you in terms of like your aspirations to wrestle at this point? Like, obviously you, 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 you've done a fair more than people realize, I think in the ring, which is always nice to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't there yet and we've been on tour. Um, we'd done two tours at that point. Um, I kind you know, I put everything behind me athletically, except for weightlifting, uh, bodybuilding, um, I was really getting into that. I'd been into that since I was like 13. Um, so I was still doing it a little bit. And I can't say that we weren't getting drunk and still having wrestling matches and, you know, backyards and, and living rooms, but I wasn't doing anything um, legit yet uh, as far as that goes. But I still always had like any of the indie guys that I, that I was aware of. I want to get in the ring with them as much as I can just train. I love training almost more than I love 
the actual performance most of the time i just that's that's my shit um so still in the back of my mind i was like i want to do something physical but i we were we are such a physical live band um we're big seven dust guys and watching them on their rise and their their stage performance we saw them as a band when we were 14 and we we stole everything they did on stage (laughs) immediately we're doing jumps we were uh, any of their catchphrases, any of their mannerisms, I just went and did stole everything Lejean had and just like, hey, let's do it. And it and it paid off big time. But every night, whether it's a half hour or 90 minutes that we were playing or three hours, exhausted because we went out there and we put on the show. Uh, when you had your last match, did you know it was your last match? So I was training down in... It, it might not be my last match. I'll just say that. Let's leave it ah, there. Never, never okay. say never. It's not never a full stop. Never. It's a comma. Right. Um, I want to give a shout out to, uh, it's I believe it's AAW in Chicago. Um, they're a decent, decent promotion. Um, and my boy, Russ, uh, Russ Jones, I've worked him a few times, but I've, I've just known the guy for five, six years, and he's starting to really, really excel. He actually hit me up this morning about getting back in the ring, and it – it triggered something. Um, I will say training down in OVW, I did the beginners course at the same time I did the advanced course. Um, just cause the, a few of us guys in that beginners course caught on quickly. Um, and were able to, to go and, and do some more training. Um, about seven weeks into that course, I took just a, like a belly to back really easy bump. Um, you know, and throw myself at the mat a little bit. And I had a little bit go in my neck down to my fingers a little bit. And again, I'm the old guy in that group. So it was like, Ooh, dealt with it for a little bit. And I started losing a little bit of grip when I grabbed door handles and stuff like that. And I couldn't open door handles. Like what's happening. Oh, you're not squeezing it. Like, so, um, I think that's been addressed. And I think that was a little bit of a flexibility issue. Oddly enough. I think it was a yoga thing that actually solved a little bit of that um i've always got the itch to get back in the ring and do something physical and i work too hard on my body not to get in there and show it off a little bit to be honest uh that's egotistical but it's the truth i've worked i've worked for 20 years on on this and now it's getting a little bit of beer down here but, <laughs> <laughs> I but still it's still get there I still, I play with the kids when I'm coaching right now, I get out there and I run with them and I, I think I could still get in there and hit the ropes a few times, which is the, by far the worst part of wrestling until <laughs> oh. you're calloused. <laughs> it's the worst part. I think people don't appreciate like the, the bouncing off the ropes, bit seems the easy part until you've done it a hundred times. You go, Oh, and my body is shredded like cheese. This is yep. great. You get a bruise, Lovely a big day. bruise on your ass and your hip from where you hit the middle one. And then however you hit the top, whether it's Roman Reigns style or Randy Orton or Seth Rollins, <laughs> which are the three that we look at the most, you're getting either a big one across your back or you're getting one right under your armpit, man. And they go away. They really do. You get callous, but it, ne- it never feels good. Uh, should you end up, uh, should, should, if and when, if and or when you get callous again and get back in the ring, obviously, because you've made music for like Zack Ryder, The Miz, Alex Riley, Dolph Ziggler, Cody Rhodes et al. They're, okay, so here's a hypothetical. You've made music for them. If you had to pick one of them to make a song for you, who would do it? Okay. I know Miz would do it because yeah. he's just got that 
that showman attitude. Um, and I think you just get up there and be a, a goober and hopefully I would be the bad guy in, in this scenario. Cause I don't know how well he sings, um, <laughs> but I think that he would, he would do it. Maybe just performing his song would be what we would do and just flip it that way. Um, I don't know. Dolph is on stage all the time. They're all on stage obviously, but like, I think they would all do it. I think uh, Britt Baker would be a fun one if she were to to do something for us. I think it'd, it'd be like anytime a female is singing on a track for a dude, it's like, oh, that dude is a bad guy. In my mind, I always think that. So that would be fun. I've always worked baby, though. I'm really, really good with like the kids and like whether it's from coaching or whatever. I always, always work baby and I have a, a really good time with the kids. And it's good because so many people are desperate to work bad guy. So it's nice that there's people who want to work good guy. <laughs> like I'm I like actually, smiling. Yeah. You have a lovely smile. So it's fine. It's good. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> you're welcome. So do I. It's fine. You don't have to say it. Um, when... I was so... going to throw it back. <laughs> there it is. Oh, look at that thing. Oh, the yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's too late now. Um, so you, obviously, you've, 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 made, you've made so many iconic things for, for WWE, but you've also made music for AEW, which we've heard yep. uh, the incredible story behind the All In song and many other things. How are both companies with you kind of doing a bit for one and a bit for other? Is there ever conversations about that? Or is it because like you're you know essentially a freelance? and you can kind of go as and where that's more or less what it is at the end of the day um we think sometimes that um if anybody is aware it'd be wwe even though AEW is a little more insider trading um mikey ruckus does such an incredible job over there oh, he's, um, crazy. he's incredible man the the one and this is gonna sound super you know mayonnaise but like his adam cole one the, the all about the boom or what or yeah that song uh i didn't know he was singing on it and so he used to do rage cover band stuff and that's why he's able to hit that zach de la rocha sh shit as well as he does that song just goes he's got a few more that i'm super into but mikey over there it's, we're glad to get to work with him a little bit most of the time the wrestlers would reach out to us and ask for something because they knew of our catalog already in um you know wrestling the wrestling world so i think we helped mike mikey early by taking some stuff off his plate because when that company started up he had hey here's 50 guys they need music by wednesday that's pretty much how <laughs> good, that luck. good luck yeah. with that <laughs> so i hope that i think that at one point i i would hope that they wouldn't just buy a catalog and everybody gets generic wrestler number one music here you go um, no, it's a very personal thing that you want to, you know, you want to put a bit, put love into for everybody mm -hmm. and make it special. And to that end, uh, it, it's done the rounds again recently. So I want to ask you about Alex Riley's music, uh, because, you, you know, we, we, you know, everybody knows like the, some of the, the, the iconic music that you've made, but the Alex Riley one sticks out uh, because it's, it's the one that's won you a slammy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but also, and, and this is with, with no, ill will to Alex Riley, who is a phenomenal performer. But I think I think the, the tweet that did the rounds with was it didn't need to go that hard. <laughs> it didn't need to go that hard for this guy. For this guy. Uh, oh. So talk me through the process of making the music for Alex Riley, who at this and also uh, at that point, there wasn't much of a painted canvas for a character like Alex Riley, not enough nodes and wrinkles in that persona. But you created something talk us through the process of how you did it um so one i want to give major props to him i think that 
Alex was a little too cool for school at times. Mm-hmm. Some of his pop culture references were, I remember one time he, he had cut a promo and he put a TI song that had just started hitting radio waves into his promo. And I'm like, not to bash wrestling fans or music fans, but they're a little bit, they sometimes they're a little bit, let's just call it a week behind something <laughs> that's going on. And that, I mean, it, it is what it is, but like, let's just talk like Midwest and, and South. We don't, we get our music still from LA and New York, but they don't send it to us until after it's already done, you know, their rounds there. So I thought that like, and I thought another one that did that was Xavier Woods. I thought that he was a little too cool for school at times and had to dial himself back. I wish Alex would have got a little bit longer time to figure out. He's probably the coolest dude in the room. I could be all the way wrong, but he's, he's a jock and like a a leader in most of his locker rooms, I assume. And I think that he was with the times a little bit more than everybody else around him at the times when he was cutting probably some, you know, Hey, go out there and talk for a minute rather than something written down. So I always thought that with him, I, thought he was a total package though man i thought he looked the part i thought he spoke well and i he was just he was an animal in the ring man he could have probably with the right guy with the right partner he could have done a lot of things and i felt like he could have you know main evented within a couple years i really do that dude he he should have been humongous and that song that song we played on a lot of our tours was always a fan favorite we love performing that thing when we um we did win that slammy. We have not received that slammy. What? Yeah. I want to have not had the slammy. No, we never got it. Well, if someone from WWE HR is listening, there should be a slammy somewhere in the bowels of the building that needs dusting off. Please. I, I want, so if we were to get it, I would have, we would recreate Owen Hart's 94 slammy awards all the way i would do that <laughs> that's it i did it again all the more reason yeah, hashtag yeah. get downstate there slammy yes <laughs> i'm livid that you've not had that that's shocking yeah. behavior um, i don't but- want to buy it but at this point we almost are going to buy it because we did win it i won it uh no, you you've got enough connections in there that you should have. They they they've got one knocking about somewhere. I'm sure. They have to. One's being used as a doorstop, I'd imagine. <laughs> Just a paperweight. Just one's a paperweight. One's a doorstop. What's this here for? Statue of a man. Why is this on my desk? Someone's got one knocking about. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The songs that you make, so many are like, right, we need this by, you know, three hours ago. And the... How do you prep? Is there any prep that you can do for when that phone is picked up? So I'll speak a little bit to WWE and a little bit to our, our indie writing. On the way down for I Came to Play, I didn't know that we were going to have something. And I wrote a whole song on the way down uh, on the plane. Wow. Just something about Skull Crutching Finale. And it was it was a little rap rocky, but I was like, hey, this will work. Uh, and I had it on a napkin and they're like, yeah, man, that's his character. So, you know, we'll present it. And by the time I presented these napkins, my, my producer let me do the whole pitch to him. He's like, okay, that's cool. But uh, this is what you guys are doing. <laughs> so, uh, but then like, so Alex Riley, we've told that story a little bit before we were on the way to kind of um, our bass players vacation spot. And uh, they called right before we hit like no service area. Like, Hey, we need you to fly out tomorrow. First day I cut the vocals. Second day, my brother cut the guitars last day. They cut, which was Sunday last day. They cut the drums Monday night. It's debuting on, on raw. It was a, like a 72 hour turnaround on that song. And we had to get out to LA. Um, luckily we all had that weekend off. The one that's funny to me is the Dolph Ziggler. When we moved from perfection to here to show the world, which I don't think I've spoke about this too much. I had moved out of the band house. My brother had his first kid. So it was a, uh, it, the studio had moved into like his nursery for his, for my nephew, for my first, uh, for his first child. Um, Vince had caught wind that perfection was somewhere in the song and he had been using it in the other version for seven years or something like that. He was like, he can't have perfection. That's Mr. Perfect's thing. And he looked like Mr. Perfect too. So we had to, on a dime, like go recut everything. Uh, this one was the quickest turnaround by far. We we cut it on a Saturday night. Sean was drinking down in Bloomington when he was going to school at IU. And I was just out and about doing whatever. Recut the chorus. Said, is that going to be good? We're not at a big studio. He's like, we'll make it work. We sent it out to him. Um, <laughs> somebody said I wasn't tough. And they never caught this. I recut the the verses. They were the exact same, which they didn't catch were the exact same. They, there's no differentiation in the verses from Perfection and Here to Show the World. Just the chorus is different. Just the chorus. So they said I wasn't tough enough in my new cuts of... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it was the same cut as before. The same, same cut. So I got through the verses and I just I go, I'm tough as fuck at the end of at the end of both of the verses. And my and my brother's I was like, dude, I don't know what to do here. Like I'm just sitting it the way that I sang it before. My brother left them in there, sent them off to the WWE people, and they're like, that's pretty funny. And then they went with it. <laughs> like, obviously they cut it out, but I was like, I'm not doing anything different, man. I love that. I love yeah. it. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird level of bureaucracy that sometimes you find where they go, oh, yeah, that sounds different. It's the same. Come on. It's the same, man. You're just managing for the sake of managing now. That's hilarious. <laughs> but that's 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 a great little story. The funny thing is, I never... It, it, it sort of lends to, to the way that Vince McMahon thinks. And I never 
made the connection between, oh, Dolph Ziggler looks like Mr. Perfect and they're using perfection. It never, ever, until this conversation with you right now, right. it never crossed my mind that that was the connection there, which is incredible. Um, well, he worked like a, he just was a, a mock-up of every DX member except for Triple H is how he wrestled <laughs> too. So he's, if anything, he was Billy Gunn and doing Billy Gunn stuff with a little bit of Shawn Michaels and Xbox sprinkled in. But I never made that connection either besides the blonde hair. It's like, <laughs> All right, whatever, man. Wow, there you go. There's a little, there's something for you. Uh, the the one that everybody talks about right now, of course, uh, is Cody's song. It's Kingdom. Uh, it's it, it is it's served on. It's one of the very few wrestling theme tunes that is that has uh, transcended through New Japan, AEW, uh, ROH, Impact, and now WWE. Yep. Uh, when that song played at WrestleMania last year, you could have knocked me down with a feather. I thought, wow, it's the music carried over again as well. That's phenomenal. Um, were you guys pissed when you? wrote kingdom (laughs) (laughs) no so i'd heard that there was drink involved when you wrote it that's all i was thinking so so we had gotten um we had gotten our version of radio um on tv and we just we just were decently active on twitter and we asked the fans hey what do you want um us to cover and radio we had been connected to everybody in that little group from Ms. Morrison, Ziggler, and Ryder. They're a pretty tight-knit group on the outside as well. The only one we hadn't hit was Ryder, and I was a huge fan of his in ECW. I would wear the one pant leg and a headband when he would wrestle on ECW, and way too old to be doing that. Um, <laughs> um, right before he hit the Hype Bros, we got radio on TV. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, and it got the ball rolling again. Um, we weren't dying, but we were really, really stale. Um and that had happened and Cody was going through his, his trials in WWE with the Stardust thing. And it was just, it's like, man, the dashing thing and the mask thing was such a cool character. He was having these great matches every night. I was invested in Cody. He was easily a top three guy, if not a top guy, depending on the evening for, for me personally, I knew his story. Um, when we got into writing it after he said, yeah, give it a shot. Um, I was like, I, I know the story. I, I know this guy's character up and down and let me see if he doesn't mind if I, you know, jab WWE a little bit. And Sean, I, for ever and ever, he's not a uh, big wrestling guy. He's only, you know, he's a really, really great musician that happens to be involved in uh, wrestling. That's a bass player slash like uh singer screamer in the band. The one part, that I didn't write in that song that'll haunt me till the day I die is the big woe, which we put in, we, we did it on purpose to get, you know, go back to all this smoke and mirror stuff. He'd always had a woe in, in songs. And Sean, as we're, you know, I'm nailing WWE as I'm writing the tune. And then I'm just stealing his dad's promo uh, for the pre-chorus. And then Sean just, you know, box wine drunk is like, Hey, let's hit a whoa there for the crowd to sing. I'm like, that's a really good, that's a really good idea, man. And I did have no clue that anybody would ever start singing it. And now it's the biggest thing in like wrestling entrances ever. So, so was it a, so was the whoa a, a sarcastic whoa? A little bit. And we like just, a little bit passive aggressive. So, Marvel fans and WWE fans, wrestling fans in general, love Easter eggs. So we were just trying to sprinkle as many as we could into the, and I was like, this might be too cheesy because we were kind of right on the, right on the head with everything we were writing. And that, whoa, I was like, no, I think it, it's 
perfect there for what we're what I'm talking about. It's like as soon as you go out out of gorilla, boom, the crowd's up. Whoa, like they see you. That's that's literally all that I was thinking when he had written it, not thinking there was any gonna gonna be any kind of sing along with it. Now it's nuts. the ultimate sing along. Yes, but yeah, that was thing. definitely on purpose. He had Sean had a something in mind when he when he had sung it that way that's so i i the story behind that makes it all the more special the fact that there is a uh the, the, the it's it's in there for that reason box wine drunk whoa do you guys slap the tit over there have you ever heard this term no i haven't heard slap the tit sadly so so box wine you take it out of the box and you grab it and you slap the tit while you're <laughs> while you're drinking drinking the wine we were doing quite a bit of that <laughs> <laughs> purple teeth like i hope he likes it <laughs> well it, it adds to it as i think that's a we're learning a lot about writing wrestling music here uh slapping the tits of box wine yeah uh that is a major part of it uh, it's it's a it's a phenomenal piece of music and you've you know i'm sure you've had that so many times uh my, my one regret before i came to sit down with you today there's a, a bit of a running gag with cultaholic because i um I often sing that theme tune, but because I don't know the lyrics, because I'm a bit old and a bit crap, uh, it became something, something, Cody Rhodes wins a match and everyone's happy. Uh, And one day, just to wind up Jack, the job who I work with, I went into into a, a, a shop in town and I bought a little xylophone. And by sheer luck, I'm going to send you the video to prove it. By sheer luck, the notes that are on there play the opening of Kingdom perfectly nice. in my in my tone deaf opinion i'm gonna send it you when we're done so you can hear it it's Good. been a deep joy in my life and and like yeah as more as much as your music has done it's brought deep joy and great memories so thank you for it Good, good. forever um one i want to ask you one more thing before we get into your third and final match in terms of putting music together we've talked about all the great stuff that you've made um what are some of the ones that got away uh, and you know we've mentioned uh you mentioned about how broken dreams went to shaman's harvest uh i know that the across the internet there is a, a wonderful version of seth rollins music that you guys have put together as well are there any other sort of half finished or maybe unused concepts that we haven't heard yet we wrote burn it down before he ever did burn it down at the beginning of that that bugs us still still to this day <laughs> that, yeah so they so what so do you wrote burn it down and then they we started our song uh, with burn it down before we go into our lyrical version of it and not two weeks after we put that out he had burn it down at the beginning of his theme now it's like damn so we write quite a bit for the nwa product as well and um sandow aaron stevens um we do quite a bit of his stuff whenever he's because he's just getting character work over and over and over uh down there and we do quite a bit of stuff for him but um, through that, uh, there's a guy that actually worked when I was in the ring, Mims, um, got a big, strong song for him, which is really good. But we have a few in the works with a couple of those other guys down there. Um, there's a really good buddy song that's just sitting in the chamber. We've done a buddy's song when he was over in New Japan called Secret No More. Awesome tune. Really, really happy with it. Um, we wrote one for him at AEW and then he joined House of Black. I That's a banger it's one of my favorite things that we've ever done i think we're just going to release it just so people can hear um 
and then the one the one that got away um she used for a while chelsea green's tune is one of my favorite things i've ever written it was such a blast and i had to you know when i'm talking to her i go hey i don't want to make fun of you too much and she said go ahead with her mm -hmm. uh hot mess gimmick it's like I don't want to just make you seem like a drunken slob. She's like, baby, go go for it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just just hit it. So I had a absolute blast writing that song for her. Um, and then Zach or Matt and her got to do a little bit of like dialogue back and forth for the the pre-chorus on it. It's really really cute. It's it's really really funny. Um, one. So those that's the one that got away because when she returned back at Royal Rumble, we were talking to her and she was in negotiations to keep the song and it didn't play out the same way that it did with Cody, which was some long conversations with their lawyers and their head of their WWE music, Cody and the band. Chelsea, I don't know if it wasn't because she she wasn't as hot coming back in or what it was, but she didn't have the the leverage to use the song and she did try really, really hard, but damn i want wwe to hear that one because it's <laughs> it's a banger that's uh, i i know the one you mean and it'd be nice to nice to see that run out at some point yes that would be really nice uh your third and final match uh for your desert island so so far uh we've had some bangers of our own as we've rolled through it what would you right. like your final one to be zach huh. so the bit of a toss-up just because it's it's so incredible i i I'm going to go, I'm going to say what the toss-ups between, and then I'll finish with the one I'm actually going with. Um, Michael's Jericho at 19 is, is incredible. That's wrestling. That is, it's a beautiful thing. Um, the shit heel that Jericho is, and then still going and performing the way that he does. They're both in their prime it was the match of the night it's the one that everybody was looking forward to the most it may be a little bit of lesnar angle maybe a little bit of i was a huge booker fan maybe a little booker triple h um but that one lived up to it and surpassed it it was incredible but that one gets beat out for me by sammy nakamura at the Ooh. very first takeover they didn't talk they didn't do anything they just went in and they played and it was beautiful that so my side that gets the entertainment side of wrestling is like you idiot but the side the athletic the sport and of everything goes that did something to me that i wasn't expecting that match is a beautiful thing it's the I way that, that always they brought in shinsuke nakamura as shinsuke nakamura they didn't try and mess too much and it was i think it was one of those iconic moments where you go oh It'd be great if Triple H ran the whole company at some point and booked right. it. That'd be great, maybe. Right. That's a pipe dream. Because he came in and he was so different and they were, the energy was there from New Japan and they, they carried that momentum through and they let him be Shinsuke Nakamura. Right. And and it was phenomenal. And, and you know, your thoughts on that theme music? What, what are your thoughts on that one? So, so CFOs had this run that is unbeatable man they uh i think it was a five six year run and we're we're buddies with them as well we met them at all in um when we did the after party before we before we did revolution we just played the after party for for all in which was a lot of fun we got to meet some people that we weren't aware 
were wrestling fans and a lot of people we hadn't met before because wrestling everybody travels everywhere for these big events um we got to meet a lot of fans that uh we weren't aware that we we're going to meet that day that uh what where was i at on all in uh revolution thank you, you thank you um yeah that and then so I don't know if I've explained this before, but uh, Revolution, I got Malorts drunk. I don't know if you're aware of what Malorts is. <laughs> I don't, but I'm about. I'm learning oh, lots about drinking in this one. So this is I'm not excellent. <laughs> it's, uh, we we have fun, man. It's a rock band, so we absolutely. Like to, we like to drink a little bit. Uh, we there's a bar right across the street from the arena. We we are aware we're only performing for like three minutes. We're just performing the one song. Like it's a, it's an awesome job for us. We just, you know, come out from behind the thing and we're there. Um, I think I can always turn it on. We didn't get like, you know, blackout drunk, but we went across the street and ran up a, a, a bill a little bit. Chicago's got this liqueur that is, it's tastes like rubbing alcohol and we torture ourselves with it. <laughs> it's an ongoing joke for us just to drink it. Um, we had a few and then we, uh, our buddy from a few States down had came up and, we met him at that bar and he just had a fifth of Jack for us. And we passed it around with that choir that did uh Jericho's theme. Wow. We're, we're all in the same dressing room and we're all just, we're slapping the bottle, man. <laughs> Downstate gets people going, man. What a day. <laughs> Had there been a second bottle of Jack Daniels, the pay view would have been very different. <laughs> they were incredible too. So. <laughs> I wasn't trying to sabotage or anything, but I was like, they, some of them were nervous. It was clearly the biggest show that they'd ever done. And <laughs> like when they finally got a little bit courageous and cause we're just passing around amongst the band and they go, Hey, can I get a hit off that? Like, yeah, <laughs> go ahead, man. Call, call those nerves, calm those nerves down real quick. Oh, heroic. I love that. That's amazing. So uh, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura is, uh, is the third and final yeah, match for your desert island. It's a beautiful final pick as well. Uh, let's look ahead very quickly before we let you go. Uh, you've got new music away from wrestling that you guys are working on, haven't you? Yeah, we're in the very final stages of the front half, which is be, which will be six songs of, uh, of our album. Um, we're just in post-production right now. That should be, that should be, ready to go by summertime. It's a lot of uh, super emotional stuff for me. I took a lot of the 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 blunt workforce on this as far as writing on it goes. I had a couple, um, not to get sad, but I had a couple losses in the family and I had some stuff going on in my personal life. And I think I really got that story out on a couple of these songs. So it's a beautiful thing. I'm really, really proud of it. I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, and then we just keep throwing out feelers. Hopefully we're doing more stuff for uh, other people in this world here shortly as well. Oh, any, can you give any clues or not? Oh, uh, Zach. So I think, how can no. I make, how can I make we can, Baron okay. Corbin sound cryptic? <laughs> <laughs> so here's one that I want to get going for this. And hopefully we can use you and just plug a little bit. Ah, we'd we, be honored. We did the Seth Rollins thing just by doing a tweet and saying, Hey, what song would you like to have lyrics on it right now? Um, and Seth Rollins won the poll by a small margin over Kevin Owens. So we always thought that kind of sounded like something we would have written anyways. Um, maybe there's some Kevin Owens lyrics coming just for the fans. Oh. It's not something WWE wants, but that 
the Seth Rollins one is just for the fans as well. And that one kind of took off. So maybe there's some Kevin Owens lyrics coming. Oh, okay. I'm getting some, getting some lyrics possibly by you guys. That's pretty cool. I'm excited to hear them. Very excited to hear them. And obviously if people want to keep tabs on uh, all the stuff that you're making, where can people find you online? Um, any of the streaming services, um, downstate W D O W N S T A I T. Um, all over Spotify is our, probably our main source. Uh, YouTube, we have everything there. Um, Apple Music, iTunes, all of the above. Um, you can find us there. And then on Twitter, we love talking to the fans. Um, my brother has been a little bit more active running the band account. Uh, he just had hernia surgery because he laughs too hard at Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's true. Um, so we're, we're a little bit more active, but but we love Twitter. We we use it, I think, in a positive light. We, we try to refrain, which sometimes this world gets so negative about everything. We try to keep positive and, and embrace the good uh, in this world specifically and try not to shift on this wonderful thing that we love so much it's been you know i'm 33 years old at least 25 of it i've been a wrestling fan so i try not to shit on it too much even when it's even when it's bad there's a lot it up here even when it's bad there's a lot of good it's a it's a good time for wwe and aew uh there's there's record-breaking attendances all over the place and uh and the knights won over the weekend so Let's it's go. all good go knights yes. go knights of the knights as we Let's say go. lou gang baby lou gang lou gang baby <laughs> was gonna say that next yep. uh zach from downstate it has been a pleasure to welcome you to cultaholic island don't be a stranger thanks for coming and speak to you soon Thank you so much. I had a I had a fucking blast and you have a wonderful smile. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs>Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.